0: welcome to the positive vibe movement podcast i'm your host matt bonick man i got a special guest for you this week pv nation this dude has been an inspiration to me since i was 16 years old in my opinion he's the greatest producer of all time he's produced music for all your favorite artists he's won a grammy and he's absolutely killing the entrepreneurial game you are now listening to episode four with jalo beats hey you want to say what up to pv nation what's up what's up pv nation what's going on happy to be here i appreciate you doing this bro for real
1: anytime man love what you're doing
0: hey thank you bro thank you we got a lot to talk about man let's take me back to day one bro you're from chester pa pennsylvania you know how was life growing up in chester
1: yeah so yeah i'm from chester pa man i was born in um uh, lamogan village projects um for me you know it was uh you know it was uh it was a lot of You know, same old stuff. When you come from the bottom, you know what I mean. Same, you come from the streets, you know what I mean. But I never was a street dude. You know what I mean. I'm one of seven, seven boys. So you know, my brothers kind of protected me and kept me out the way. So you know, music was always just something that um, you know just kept me grounded, and um, you know kept me focused. But you know, growing up in Chester uh, early, it was fun, man. You know what I mean. I had a lot of fun. Um, We was poor, but I didn't know because, you know, my parents made sure I had everything that I needed. You know what I mean? So,
0: you know, it was a lot of fun. That's awesome, man. You know, what was your first memories of music? Um, my first memories was, um well, hip hop
1: was probably um, Snoop Dogg, Gin and Juice. That was Damn. probably my, because I was born in 88, you know what I mean? Okay. So my first introduction probably was, yeah, I would say, maybe um yeah gin and juice matter of fact i would I, w- I would go i would even say mc hammer can't touch this damn that was like my first introduction into like hip-hop mm-hmm. That's like awesome, I, bro. you know on the commercial side me being a baby you know what i mean
0: <laughs> when did music become a passion for you
1: um by the time i got about 10 years old Um, my cousin was a music producer, but my dad was a, um, producer, music producer and a certified engineer in 1988. Um, and, you know, just watching them, um, just make music. I was just blown away that my dad could make music and he had a little studio in the crib and, um, you know, he would record me and my little, I mean, my little brothers and my older brothers, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, we just was around it. I was around it from day one. I cut my first demo, like he had me on the mic at three years old, yeah, like just playing around and stuff like that, so my dad used to always like record us and have us like singing rap, so but I got into production around like ten ten years old,
0: okay, so family was very supportive of your like the music, oh yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure,
1: um, my dad was always supportive, and um, honestly, without my dad, I probably wouldn't have the um courage to be where I'm at today. You know what I mean? Because he Mm -hmm. always gave me, um, esteem. You know what I mean? He gave me, he he gave me, um, self-esteem, you know what I mean? Great self-esteem. He always, um, instilled in me that I could do whatever I wanted to do. I could be whatever I wanted to be. So, you know, he always gave me that push and, um, made me comfortable and made me, you know, think that anything was possible. So my family was very supportive though, to answer your question.
0: Yeah, that's that's amazing. Like I'm, I've been blessed with a, a very supportive family as well, and I think that's so such a key to the success. You know what I mean? Absolutely. For sure. So fast forward a little bit. 2007, uh, you went to PIT in Media, PA, yeah, for computer science, huh?
1: I did. Yep. I went. No, actually, I went for yeah. I went for um, computer science. Yep. And <laughs> then I ended up transferring to AIU in Atlanta. Okay. um for film and music
0: how'd you like Atlanta
1: it was dope and actually this was like around the time Atlanta was starting to take over this mm-hmm. was like 2007 2008 so when I first got out there um BET had just had like the first hip-hop awards there so it was lit out there and then like the club scene was crazy so it was it was it was a great um experience
0: was the goal moving down to Atlanta like just to kinda take off with music? Like was that the plan? Yeah, that
1: was that was the goal, you know what I mean? Um, just to so my goal was to um get a internship at Patchwork Studios, um, and you know, work out of there and then, you know, maybe I run into the T I, maybe I run in the Jeezy, you know what I mean? Mm. And um, maybe I run the Luda, and I uh play on my beats and stuff like that, you know what I mean? So that was that was the main goal to get in there and you know, just grind it out. And, you know, when the opportunity came, you know, I would strike.
0: That's awesome, man. I think that's, that's inspiring, bro. Just like when I started PV, bro, I went all the way out to Arizona with 200 hats and a duffel bag. You know what I mean? Mm. And I'd show up at these places early, like same thing you just said, you know, just hoping that that opportunity lined up, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So you come back to PA, you know, tell me about that you know that transition back to pennsylvania and then ultimately like what you started doing when you got back to pa
1: yeah so i ended up losing my financial aid um and i got great grades there um at aiu but i ended up losing my financial aid and i had to come back and i didn't have like a plan b well it was like the best thing that could ever happen to me you know what i mean so when I got back, I just got on my grind on MySpace, you know. Thank God for MySpace. It was starting to really ring off.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I just started, like, um, posting my beats on MySpace and stuff like that and working with a lot of um, local artists in Philly. Um, the Joey Jahaz, the Quilly Mills, the Reed Dollars, the uh, NH, all those, like, battle legends there, you know. Mm-hmm. It led me to to Meek Mill and... You know the rest is is history.
0: Yeah, man, that's, bro. I uh I heard an interview, uh, one of your interviews, like from a few years ago, bro. And I was I thought it was so epic, like the MySpace grind. You know how you utilize that platform. Um, could you just tell the stories about like how you yeah. would get them to use your avatar? I think that was oh yeah, so I dope. Could definitely get
1: in depth. Yeah, for sure. So what I did was um, I ended up uh, meeting this kid on MySpace by the name of Hoodie, and he was from Falcroft, PA. And he was a big fan of, um, this work, like work I was doing with this local group called Strict Biz from Woodland, PA. And we had a record on the radio, um, called Posted on the Wall that was like doing real good locally. And he reached out to me and he was like, yeah, I'm a big fan. Um, he was like, I'm a big fan of your music, man. I think you super dope. And then he ran Meek Mill's page. He ran like all like he was doing fan pages for like all of like underground rappers in Philly, um, anybody that was important. And one day he reached out to me from Meek Mill page and he was like, you know, I run me I run this page. I think Meek Mill had about like eighty thousand followers at the time on there. Damn. And I was like, oh shit, you know what I mean? At the time, Meek Mill had this record called in my bag out, and it was really like it was smashing everything locally um in philly um and it was like killing the eight o'clock mixtape and he had like he was gaining this huge following because he could make songs you know i mean he had this record like really killing the streets and um you know one day i was just like you know i reached out to hoodie i was like you know um i was like yeah i'm gonna just start using like mixtapes like a business card you know i mean i would start doing like instrumental mixtapes and stuff like that just to get my name out Mm -hmm. there Um, because, you know, I can't run into nobody in Philly, you know what I mean? I don't know where these dudes are at or whatever, you know what I mean? If I hit them up, then, you know, they're not going to, you know, they don't know who I am. So what I did was, um, I got a, I took like $50 and I got this kid to, um, do this, uh, cover art for me for this, uh, for my instrumental mixtape. And what I did was once I got the cover art, I went to Hoodie and I told him to, um, take my mixtape cover and put it on like Meek Mill's Avatar, his profile um, picture, mm-hmm. Quilly Mills, Reed, all these guys that he was running their page. Um, I asked him to you know put my picture, my my picture, I mean my cover as their profile pic. You know what I mean? And then I had him put my page in their top four. You know, yeah. like if if you know anything about my space, <laughs> they had like top friends. So I would be in like the top four. So people would go to my page just to see who I was. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because if I'm in their top four, I've got to be somebody. Right. So they would go to my page, and then they would hear my music on my page. And then I would have... I had a link in my in my bio to go to my mixtape. And I put it on datpiff.com. So, right, maybe, like, the next week, um, KP from Dat Piff reached out to me, and he was like, yo... Um, can you send me some beats for uh for Young Money? I'm working on a Young Money mixtape, an s- exclusive Young Money mixtape for Datpiff. Mm. You know what I mean? And your, your mixtape is the hottest mixtape this week. Damn. So people were just going there and it just caught fire. And that's how I kind of got my name outside of just everything I was trying to do. You know what I mean? So I utilized that. And then I ended up... Um, Meek ended up reaching out to Hoodie and getting his page back. And then Hoodie gave me the heads up. Like, yo, Meek Mill just reached out to me. He, he took this page. So, you know, if you want to hit him up, hit him up. So I hit him up and I was like, yo, I'm a fan of your uh, mixtape Flamers. And I was like, I'm a big fan, you know. And he hit me right back. It was like, yo, send me some beats. So I sent him three beats. One was called Hottest in the City. One was called uh, So Fly. And then the other one was called Way Back. And they all made it. On his next mixtape, Flamers 2. But then he called the tape Hottest in the City. It was Flamers 2, Hottest in the City. He had just signed with Grand Hustle, or got co signed by T.I. Damn. And that song, I was actually rapping on the hook, you know what I mean? But that was kind of like how I connected with him.
0: Bro, Hottest in the City is the first, that was like my first introduction to you, bro. That was. uh, Thank you. Yeah, that was. uh, I still, it's still in the it still gets played all the time over here <laughs> for sure
1: appreciate it man bro you
0: remember i'm a big fan of like those moments those early grinding moments like do you remember the exact moment when me hit you back like just how you felt like you, you feel like you were finally starting to break through
1: yeah no i was just like with me um i was i was really like i i was already working with like a lot of those dudes that was bubbling like um like Quilly and them like i was already working with those guys mm-hmm. so just from like my like trapping my mixtapes online and stuff like that and reaching out to them. So so when I when he did reach back to me, I was just like, all right, this is an opportunity. I'm gonna just send him a whole, I'm gonna send him like three beats, but then I'm gonna send him a gang of beats after that. If he picked these mm-hmm. beats, he ended up picking all three of them. You know what I mean? And then, you know, he got locked up right after that. Mm-hmm. Like I linked up with him and then like a month later, he got locked up. The mixtape leak and Cosmic Kev was playing the song "You So Fly," like you know what I mean. Like so fly, he was playing it like crazy, mm-hmm. and I hadn't even talked to him. I had seen like a video he had put up. He had put up like a vlog with DJ Difference, and he was talking like y'all got this uh beat from this kid named Jalo Beats, Blase Blase. You know what I mean? And then that's how I knew that he had previewed it online, and then that's how I knew that I, he did the records. You know what, right. what I'm saying? And then. Um, when he got locked up, the the mixtape leaked, and I heard the records. Like I didn't even know he did these records. You know what I mean? Damn. And then that's when cab was like going in on our records, "Hottest in the City" and "So Fly" on the radio like crazy. And then like maybe like a couple weeks later, he reached out to me from jail. And then that's kind of like what started everything.
0: So what he like when he reached out to you? was it motivational was it like hey when i'm out we're on kind of thing like what was those conversations
1: yeah when he reached out to me he was just like um it was crazy it was like everything was all at once because um we both got managed by this dude named um charlie Mack. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean legendary um promoter in philly uh will smith best friend mm-hmm. you know what i mean along with jazzy jeff so he he had discovered boys the men he had discovered miss j he had discovered meek mill and then you know one day he just um just hit me up and he was just like um you know he was like um did you do this record hottest in the city um, and i was like yeah and he was like man you know i need i need to manage you so i was like yeah and then shortly after that meek reached out to me and then meek was like yo when i get out you know, we going to go in non-stop, just all music, you know what I mean? And my whole life was music yeah. anyway, so every, I was, like, in my mom's basement just making beats all day, every day, you know what I mean? So I was, I was ready for that opportunity, like, you know what I mean? It was an opportunity for both of us, honestly, you know what I'm saying? He seen that, you know, I could create a sound for him, and I knew that, you know, Meek was, he could potentially be the next one coming out of the city, so...
0: That's amazing, bro. Do you remember what what was the first uh record when when he got out that you that really went?
1: Yeah, when he first got out, the first time we got in the studio, we did a record called Make Em Say. Mm. We did the record and then we went straight to the radio station and Cosmic Kid played it nonstop. <laughs> and it ended up making a billboard um High Two Hundred. Ended up making a billboard just off Philly alone. So that was like a big deal. And that's that's when I knew. Like we was just onto some uncharted territory as far as like our era and what we was doing, mm. cause we didn't have a deal, you know what I'm saying? We was just really just, just you know feeding the streets like crazy.
0: That's amazing, bro. I love that, bro. So one of my all-time favorite songs is "Rose Red." That's crazy, bro. Cra- if anyone listening out here right now has never heard that, pop that in the YouTube ASAP. You know what I mean? Yeah, that got
1: him. That got him his deal with Ross. That got him his deal. Um, when we did Rosé Red, and I will credit that to um, Charlie Mack, because those lyrics is from the record Make them Say that came before mm-hmm. that. That's how he kick off the, that record. I like my Rosé Red, and right. my Diamonds Blue. And Charlie Mack was like, yo, can you take the vo- the vocals and chop up the, the hook and create the hook like that? He He said it. He told me exactly what he wanted. And then, you know, we did that record and then it just took off um locally. And then Meek ended up um getting a verse from T I on the remix. And then he ended up when we met we met Rick Ross in Atlantic City. I was his hype man. Whew. We did a show we opened up for them um at the House of Blues for him and Puff. Damn. We got to meet we got to meet them and you know, he kept in touch with Meek. You know what I'm saying? Um, no, not, not even that. I'm wrong. He ended up connecting with Meek through Cosmic Kev because that song was the hottest joint out. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It was killing it. And he got on... Um, he got on... The, he asked Cosmic... He had just signed Wale. And he had asked Cosmic Kev, um, you know, um, who's the hottest cat in the city? You know what I mean? And, you know, Meek went on... Um, twitter and was like he told all his followers you know at rose and let him know like like, let him know like i'm big dog in the city you know what i'm saying and you know after that ross asked him for the record he sent the record to ross ross did his verse and then it was over i think ross seen how major this was because then that got to funk flex and then funk flex was going crazy on that record and then you know the rest is history
0: bro i'm one of those guys that like kind of crazy with it like when i hear a song that i love i'll listen to it a hundred times in a row you know what i mean like till i can (laughs) bar for bar you know and uh bro that remix Bado, like that that still goes down bro that still goes down as one of the best
1: yeah that was that was a pivotal song for us you know what i mean that 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 lined up lined up um i'm a boss for sure
0: i gotta hear the story i'm a boss bro
1: yeah, I'm a boss. Came right after that, and I'll tell you, I probably never even talked about this before. So Meek was in a crazy uh, position because, like, when we was coming up, we was like really killing it on the radio, but we were making like party music, like music for like um like the young boys at the house parties and stuff like that. So he was getting a little like backlash, like you know, he can't make like he's not like making any like hard music and stuff like that. So you know, that was an opportunity that was a big opportunity for me to show him that like this is what I can do. You know mm. what I mean? So I started to switch my style up and that's when um I did a record called Willy Wonka. Um I don't like the look of this. Mm. And, you know, we did that record and it was like what my sound is kinda of like today. You know what I'm right. saying? So I just created a whole like sound for him. And that record was ringing off in the streets. You know, Cosmic Kev was going to play that all crazy. Mm-hmm. And then we did a record called Indian Bounce. Same type of formula. You know what I mean? And and that was another record. Like, you know, like it's just a crazy, like, street record. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It was hard. And that led to, like, the sound, like, me making I'm a Boss. You know what I mean? Now, I made I'm a Boss for Jeezy. Um, I wanted to give it. To Jeezy. Mm-hmm. So I was making a whole bunch of beats like that. You know what I'm saying? And funny story. My brother, uh, the Beat Bully, you know, I was putting him in to work with Meek. And I brought him in to work with Meek. And he had like one beat with him. And I'm like, yo, you supposed to have a, a million beats to play this dude. <laughs> I got, I'm a boss on a thumb drive. You know what I mean? And so I bring my brother to the studio and he plays, um, he plays one beat. And Meek didn't like it, mm. but you know the next session he ended up doing a record house party for him. Damn, you know what I mean. Dope. But that he was, was a learning lesson. So Meek was like, "Yo, what you got?" I'm like, "I got one beat." I never forget it was me, Meek Mill. I think Gilly was in the studio with us, um, and I think Charlie Mack was in there with us. And I played that drink, and he was just like, "Yo, pull that up right now," <laughs> you know what I mean? So then when we, you know, when we did that record. Um, I was like, yo, yo, we should get Ross on this joint. He was like, yeah, I was already thinking it. like, we're gonna get, we could definitely getting Ross on this joint. You know what I mean? And then right before that, Ross had already offered to sign him. You know what I'm saying? Like, right after Rose Red, Wow. he was like, yo. So Meek was like, yo, if Ross jump on this joint, you know, I'm definitely gonna sign with this dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, he sent the record to Ross. Ross jumped on it ASAP. And then, you know, that's when Meek signed with um, Maybach Music. You know what I mean? And then, you know, the rest is history after that. Facts, bro. We ended up... I know he We ended He ended up shooting, like, a low-budget video for it, and then he ended up reshooting the video. Because it was two videos for that record. Damn. That was playing on TV. Yeah. But that's how that came out.
0: It was supposed to be Jeezy record. And it's
1: crazy, because when I... I ended up getting in the studio with Jeezy like
0: a year after that. He was mad as hell about that. <laughs> did you? What did you think in that moment? Were you kind of like, "Damn, like don't pick that one," or like you wanted it? Like you know what I'm saying? Like in that moment, knowing it was for Jeezy, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean it was over because I know, like I know, like it, I didn't want to not give it to right, him, right. but it was like for Jeezy. <clears throat> so I ended up playing it for him, and then he was just like, "Yo, I'm happy that it happened that yeah. way." You know, I'm blessed because it was, and it ended up going platinum. You know what I mean? That was like my, that was our first record like our first like national record and it went platinum so
0: that's amazing it bro. was a hit was a hit bro did, so that you say that moment really kind of changed, started changing your life
1: it definitely changed my mm-hmm. life you know what i mean it led to me signing my deal with jay um it led to so many opportunities for me you know what i mean um because i was working so hard before that record took off um you know I had but I was already on before meek took off I was already kind of like on I had did like mad records for like soldier boy I did um I was on Dwayne's I am not a human being album mm-hmm. I had did fan of a fan for Chris Brown and tiger so I was already like in the industry I was already like known right. people were like trying to get beats from me like crazy you know what I mean so you know I was like a part of the, like you know me and K Mac did the whole fan of the fan. So you know, like deuces and like no bullshit and like holla at me mm-hmm. and G shit, all that shit was like we went out to Virginia and did all so I was already kind of like establishing myself. But that record like cemented me as, in my sound. You know what I right.
0: mean? So that all that all leads to the opportunity with Rock Nation. Was there a bunch of people like how did you decide on rock?
1: Yeah, so you know Jay-Z Um, Jay-Z is one of my favorite rappers, you know what Mm. I mean? So I just knew, like, so I had a bit in war with so many labels. Everybody wanted to sign me at the time. Mm. If you was in New York, you heard my shit all over the radio, you know what I mean? So all the A&Rs was, like, reaching out to me, and everybody wanted to sign me, you know what I mean? But, um, it's a crazy, like, that's, even that story is hilarious, because when I came out there, um, it was crazy because one of the interns at Rock Nation had reached out to me on Twitter, and I was like ducking him for like a whole month, mm-hmm. and because I, I I thought it was some BS, you know right. what I mean? So you know he he was like he was like adamant. So I just followed him, and he DM me ASAP, and he was like, "Yo, um, Jay and um, you know they want to sign you. You know I want to. You know they want you at Rock Nation. They want to highlight you with Blase Blase." So he set up um a, a meeting for um he he set up a meeting for me to come up there. And when I went up there, they had the wrong NR there. He didn't know any he didn't know me, he didn't know anything about Damn. me. So when I got there, it was like he was like, Oh, who you here for? And I'm like, you know, I'm Jalo Beats, and you know, I had a meeting with somebody here. And he was like, Oh, all right, we'll play some beats. So I uh, play some beats and he like filing his nails. He like talking to somebody. He got his back turned. Yeah. He not even paying me no mind. So I'm like, yo, I'm never coming back here again. Right. Like I'm not even speaking to this dude, no, like ever again. So the intern there was like hitting me up like crazy. Like, yo, that wasn't the right dude, blase, blase. So I'm like, yo, I'm like, man, it's over. You know what I mean? I'm ignoring mm. him. I'm not. I'm not even like answering his calls. So, what happened was he had Jay's right hand man Emery reach like call me, and he was like, "Yo, I'm with Jay right now. I'm at Jay crib right now. You know, they we want to sign you to to Rock Nation. So, I'm gonna set you up and meet where Tata, and you know, you come up there and then you know you all take it from there. So, that was all I needed to hear. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know Emery is Jay. He's everywhere with Jay. So, um, I went back up there. And Tata was like, yo, play some stuff. So I started playing. I played like maybe like three beats. He was like, yo, look, you need to be running with us. You know, do you have any but like deals on the table, blase, blase. But I was tripping because before I went to that meeting, I had a meeting at Sony. So I took the meeting. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know they were like, at the time, their offices was right across from each other. <laughs> So when I left the Sony meeting, I went straight to my, the, you know, to my meeting with Tata and he caught wind of it. He was mad as hell, man. Damn. So he was like, he had called me. He was like, yo, um, you know, you need to fire your manager. You know what I mean? Because y'all should, you should have never took that meeting. He's like, whatever they, they offer you, we'll, you know, I'll match that times 10. You know what I mean? So they gave me an offer. I couldn't refuse. And I'm on, I'm actually on my third deal over there. I'm still over there. Wow. Yeah, so that's how that happened. And I'll never forget when I first signed, I didn't even know Jay Z was there. When I first signed my deal, um, Jay was like at his office in the back. So when I signed, you know, they had brought like Ace of Spade out and all that. And he was like, Tata, I was like, yo, I want you, you know, to meet somebody, you know what I mean? So he walked me to Jay's office. And like, the first thing I thought of, like, yo, this dude's office this is the biggest office <laughs> I've ever been in in my life. It was massive. So. You know, like uh Jay, he was you know, we dapped it up. And then I remember walking out and he e grabbed my shoulders and like shook me up like, man, you know, it's on. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? It's on and popping. So that was like a surreal, surreal moment, you know what I mean? And then he got to invite me to like some Rock Nation parties and I got to sit with him and like Warren Buffett Damn. and Spike Lee, Stephen A. Smith, that shit was insane, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, after that, that's when I really took off that was like around like going into 2012 and that's when it was just, it was on, it was on after that.
0: Bro. So what, what like changed just for people listening that are maybe unfamiliar with the industry or how it works. Um, once you lo- linked up with rock nation, what started to change? Like what opportunities, like different things were they set a lot of things up for you? Like how did, how did that go?
1: Yeah. So pretty much what they did was, um, they, they kind of made, like, they would set up sessions and things like that. But really, I didn't even need it, honestly. I, I never really asked them to set up sessions mm-hmm. because I was just, like, everybody was just reaching out yeah. to me. So, But they did set me up with, like, Rihanna. They set me up with um, Leona Lewis. I got to work on her album. They they flew me to um, London. Wow. Um, so I, I'm they definitely set me up with some big plays, but for the most part... Everybody was already just hitting me up, like, yo, I need some tracks, like, yo, send me some beats, and, you know, and that was pretty much it, you know what I mean? I I pretty much didn't really want to rely on the label, you know, I got my money, and I was just ready to just do what I was supposed to do. It was an opportunity that that knocked on the door, and, you know,
0: it was on. I mean, think about that, you you were making you know you were making music at three years old you know these dreams don't just happen overnight you know what i mean you put in a lot of time yeah you got
1: i put in so much work man Mm -hmm. i remember going out i remember sleeping on meek mill hotel floor you know what i mean sleep sleeping on studio floors coming out there with you know i'm supposed to pay my rent at my apartment I'm taking half of that and, and, you know, just going out there, flying out there on Buddy Pass and just, you know, eating McDonald's every day mm. and shit like that and a couple of noodles and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It was very difficult getting on. You know what I mean? It was very difficult, but I put that work in and, you know, I, I just knew that, you know, I had a window. And being from Chester, you know, a lot of people don't get these opportunities, so... But um yeah, I took the opportunity and just ran with it, man. That's
0: amazing, bro. That's inspiring stuff for sure. Uh speaking of, you know, high on the charts, you know, I would love you to tell the story about Hot Boy, how that came about, you know, with Bobby Shmurda, you know, that that had to change. Even it seems like every little story is like leveling up. You know what I mean? Like it just keeps on getting a little better, a little better, and you know, I uh I'll never forget the first time I heard that that record. Um but yeah, take us through that story.
1: Yeah, so with, with the Bobby Smarter record, um, Bobby and Rowdy, they were like already big fans of what Me and Meek was doing. Mm-hmm. So he pretty much took the instrumental. I had dropped the instrumental tape because it was a Lloyd Banks record first. Jackpot. And uh, yeah, it was Jack. It was a record called Jackpot. And um, and Banks just put it out. He didn't really do anything with mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? Banks um just put it out. On like YouTube or something like that, it didn't go on any mixtapes or anything. So I just decided to put it on a mix on an instrumental mixtape, and uh, I think it was called Crack Music Five. Mm-hmm. And um, Bobby and Rowdy was already fans of like my beats and like um, Meek Mill. So you know they 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 grabbed a whole bunch of my beats and um, started recording on them. And that's how I, really how that came about. You know what I mean? He did the the jackpot beat and ended up being hot nigga and i ended up finding out like super late you know what i mean i was like super late it was already like ringing off in new york mm-hmm. and i think kd had like added me in something like yo um you killed this beat you know what i mean and then when kevin durant had hit me up I, that's when i was like yo let me check this record out and then i checked it out and then i seen a complex article um, it was called, I think it was like New York Drill, answer to Chicago Drill or something like that. You know what I mean? And that record com- created New York Drill. You know what I'm saying? Damn. And and then I reached out to Bobby on Instagram, and he was like, "Yo, um, you know, I'm I'm trying to get out the streets. I'm trying to do this music thing. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. I was like, "Yo, you got my blessings, man. You know yeah. what I mean? You, you do what you do with it." And then shortly after. Shout money uh, XL, shout to shout money XL. He reached out and he was like, "Yo, you know I'm about to sign GS9 um, to Epic." You know what I mean? Um, How we got to do the business on the beat, and then you know he cut a big check, and then that was that. Damn, bro, that's. And then the record just took off after that. It was like they put some, they like they they, that joint. I don't know, man. That was like that. Now that record really changed my life Mm -hmm. for real. That changed my life. Um, I think it's at like six times platinum. You know what I mean? Almost a billion views on um, wow. on YouTube. Um, my first number one record. You know what I mean? So that was amazing. That was like life changing. Culture changing and life changing. Mm, for sure. And then I started seeing, like I, I know Drake came out to it um, at the ESPYs. And then it was, like, on mad TV shows. And then Beyoncé did the Shmoney dance. And then, like, Justin Bieber Rihanna. It was just, like, a crazy phenomenon. And changed my whole family life for sure. And I think that kind of, like, cemented, like, me, uh, like, my class. Like, the producers I came up in that era. The Lex Luger's, the Boy Wonders, and, like, Hit Boy and all that. I think that it was a good thing for me because it kind of likes it. It was a record that I, I could be like, yo, this is the record of the 2010s. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And I was able to produce that. You know what I mean?
0: What's that feeling like? You know, when you really sit, you ever sit back and just reflect on it? Like how that feels?
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, sometimes, I mean, I'm more so of a like four dude. I mean, I mean, I don't really like to like sit in a moment. I'm like, all right, what's next? Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was just, I didn't see it coming you know what i mean i didn't see i didn't expect anything like that you know what i mean it was just like i don't know it was a blessing you know what i mean and you know it shifted it shifted like the new york sound it shifted so many things and it's definitely i feel like i felt like it solidified my place as a producer in hip-hop
0: for sure absolutely bro so let's uh let's fast forward a little bit 2019 you won your first grammy with a song yeah. bubble by anderson pack bubbling by anderson Pack uh you got to tell us about that experience you know winning a grammy that's that's crazy
1: yeah it was the same type of situation like with the bobby smarter thing like um i reached out to anderson pack because i was a fan you know what mm-hmm. i mean um he had followed me on twitter and i just reached out to him like yo let's work you know mm-hmm. what i mean and he was like send me some beats asap so i sent him like a hundred beats and he would like do them and then send them back to me and then Bubbling was one of them, and it was insane. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it almost didn't come out. Um, he had did it and went on tour. Like, he he played it for Dr. Dre like a year later. Wow. And when Dr. Dre heard it, he was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and he was like, yo, you putting this out now, like ASAP. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then, you know, he he put the record out. And it's crazy because I was in Miami, um, working with I think I was working with Lil Wayne in Miami, and he had texted me like that morning, and he was like, "What what we wearing to the Grammys?" Oh, and it man. was like the nomination. I was like, "Holy shit, this is for real," Damn. you know what I mean? But then I was like, "Man, we not gonna win. We get we go, we up against like Kendrick Lamar and Cardi B." You know what I'm saying? We up against J-Rock and Kendrick Lamar and Cardi B. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, you know, I'm just happy to just be nominated. I'm grateful. You know what I mean? Just to be, you know, because I I felt like I was a, I make music for the streets. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It just so happened to cross over to pop. You know what I mean? Pop radio. But, you know, for me to be, you know, like a street, you know, producer, a lot of my sounds are like dark. It's like anthems. It's not really for, like, crossover pop radio. Mm -hmm. So for something like that to happen, I just was like, you know, man, this is just... I won already, you know what I mean? So I ended up um, going to Vegas first before going to L.A. So I went to Vegas right before that because my birthday is always Grammy weekend. Okay. In February. So I went out there. And had a good time, and then I drove to LA to meet with my family, and you know, um, it's crazy because he had a we we celebrated our birthday is on the same day, wow, February eighth, me T- and Anderson pack, so we we uh he threw a party and we um celebrated our birthday like two days before um the Grammys, and it's crazy because I ended up getting a crazy hangover <laughs> and I had to go to the Rock Nation brunch the next day, and. It was, it's a hilarious story. So, you know, they give us car service. It's like some like secret service type mm. shit. So we, I'm in, I got, I'm in the Escalade and I got to throw up and the secure the, the security had to get this bag and I'm on the side <laughs> of the road holding up traffic, throwing up in my suit. <laughs> but um, yeah, that whole weekend was just surreal, man. I was going hard because, you know, you know, coming from where I come from, man, we don't get these type of looks, so. But when I found out I was late to the red carpet, (laughs) you know what I mean? I know I'm not going to (laughs) win. You know what I'm saying? So on my way to the red carpet, I'm in traffic. And I goes on um, on, uh, uh, Twitter. And the Recording Academy tweeted us and, um, you know, congratulated us on winning the Grammy. (laughs) And he had got food poisoning. So he was, him and his son was in the hospital. Oh, my goodness. So they ended up going to the Grammys late. They ended up making it there. But he texted me like, holy shit, we won. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm here right now. I'm on my, <laughs> I'm about to go to the red carpet. This shit is unbelievable. Wow. You know what I mean? So I went there to the red carpet and took pictures and left. And partied my ass I off. I could, you know what I mean? I didn't even care about out of one already. There's right. no reason for me to be there no more. So we just, man, we partied so crazy that night, you know what I mean? But it was just like, um, it was amazing because, you know, I'm from Chester and it's like, like population is like 36,000, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it was like real, like personal. It was like, you know, like I, the, the city felt like they won, you know what I mean? Yeah, I bet. So that was another like out of body experience I had just seeing like everybody just so happy for me. And supporting me you know what i mean so that was just a beautiful thing
0: yeah that's amazing bro i appreciate you sharing that story so before we make the transition into your entrepreneurial journey i just got a few you know questions about your music career a few comments um first question take us through the creative process for you like inspiration um when you're about to make a beat or you're working on something you know what goes into that
1: yeah so i mean you know Really, it's just a feeling. I got to feel it, you know what I mean? Or I got to be inspired. So I like to watch horror movies. I like to play video games. I like to play retro video games. I like, it's just, I love sci-fi because just the music, the, um, I just, you know, I just look for certain things to draw inspiration, you know what I mean? It's all like outside of just actual music, you know what I mean? So It just got to be a feeling and then, you know, um, just getting in and having that, you know, just having that hunger to make something. You know what I mean? That's my whole process. Um, I just got to feel it. And, you know, it's every day. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Every day I got to make music. I have to create music. I can't go to sleep without putting down an idea. I make about five beats a day. You know what I'm saying? I'm sitting on so many beats it don't even make any sense you know what i mean i have to make music it's just like it's like a drug you know what i mean i just i'm a i'm a addict to making music
0: like huh? a therapeutic process for you like it's therapy oh yeah for sure mm-hmm. definitely
1: and i you know like even like with the business world you know i go through so much dealing with so many things i wear so many hats mm-hmm. that you know that I, that when i go through things it bring out the best uh of me artistically mm-hmm. you know what i mean so you know i just you know it's it all it's all in the feeling you know what i mean so that's really my process
0: i love that bro um so what would you say is the biggest piece of advice or the biggest lesson you learned from your relationship with jay-z um just
1: really just i see somebody who is doing things, he's one of those guys that he's so ahead of his time. Like, even with the Rock Nation brunches, you know what I mean? A lot of people say things about that, and they don't understand that this is a guy that's putting so many celebrities in a room that will never be in the same room. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, he's so ahead of his time. He's su- he's such a trendsetter. You know what I mean? And that, you know, kind of like just watching him kind of, you know, helped me you know with all my business um things you know what i'm saying like this dude is a straight up boss and he likes to think out of the box and he likes to be the first one to do uh, uh things so just being an innovator you know what i mean and doing things my way you know watching him you know what i mean and just getting a little game from him mm. you know what i'm saying um the dude is just a he's a better businessman than he is a rapper he's right the, the, are you the best? Crazy. You know what I'm saying? You know, like my favorite is Lil Wayne, but then it's Jay, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So just like, you know, I came up just watching this dude, you know what I mean? From coming from Marzy projects, I come from the Lamocan Village projects, you know what I mean? So he's a super big inspiration to everybody, you know, from black culture, you know what I mean? He pushed hip hop to so many high limits, you know what I mean? He, he he was an overachiever, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Absolutely, bro. And I felt like that. Like I felt coming in, I, I felt like I wasn't like the most um, polished producer, you know what I mean? I don't know how to read music or anything like that. I just know what I know, but I, I'm i a hustler, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So anything that I do, you know, once I took I took a break with music, to get into real estate. Mm-hmm. Figure that out. Master that, you know what I mean? Um, doing things for the community. Once I lock into it, I lock all the way in, you know what I mean? And I want to be the best at that. I'm going to hustle and do that, you know what I mean? So just watching Jay, watching Puff, watching Russell, you know what I mean? Dudes like that, Birdman, even being around these guys, you know what I'm saying? I'm just a sponge. I'm a student of the game. But I I took a lot from just watching Jay-Z, from, you know, just the moves he made, just how he conducted himself with Roc Nation, you know what I mean? Um, you know, he's just on another level, man. He's on another level. He's one of the GOATs.
0: Yeah, he's definitely one of the GOATs, man. Is there anyone you have not worked with yet that you love the opportunity to work with? You know what I mean? Just manifest a little bit. Um, it was Kanye. I got to work with Kanye.
1: I think I worked with everybody. I had a list. I got to work with him. I got to work with Kanye. Uh, Wayne, of course. That was, like, top of the list. Um... I would love to work with Pharrell, for sure. Mm. Yep, Pharrell, for sure.
0: Are you someone that writes your dreams down, goals down, visions down? or
1: All the time. For real? That's I have to. I've always been like that. You got to make those lists. And then it's like, with me, it's like, everything, You if you think about it every day, you can work towards it. You know what mm. I mean? If I if it's on my mind and I'm working towards it every day, you know what I mean? It, it happens for me. Everything everything I ever wanted to be, everything I ever wanted to do, you know, write it down and read it every day and work towards it every day. That's, that's me.
0: That's epic, bro. A true, you're a true chaser, bro. I mean, everything like I'm hearing, it's inspiring, bro. But I, I want our listeners out there to hear the work ethic that, that what this man's putting into this, this didn't just happen. This wasn't just luck. Um, ever since. No, you yeah, gotta yeah, you work. Gotta for work. For sure. You gotta work. If you're not willing to put in the work, uh, no dreams. You know, the dreams are just dreams. It's all
1: work. It's vision and work. You know, you got that vision, but it'll never, there's no shortcut cuts to success. You know what I mean? Um, I've always just been like, yo, I know what I have to do. I have to stay consistent. And, you know, when the opportunity comes, I'm going to strike. I'm going to be prepared. It's all about staying consistent because the opportunity is going to come. Are you ready for that opportunity? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's what it's always about, being ready when the opportunity comes. You got to be ready. Absolutely, man. And also creating avenues for myself, creating opportunities for myself. You know what I mean? If I can put myself in a space to succeed, then I'm going to succeed every single time. I have to put myself in that space, and that's what it's all about.
0: Mm. That's epic, bro. So tell us about your most recent project. You know the Jalo Beats Collection Volume One. I want to get some people yeah. to go over check that out. Um, Could you tell yeah. us about that a little bit? How that's going?
1: Yeah. So it was just like um, it was a a bunch of beats that I had did over the summertime, um, and it's actually an album coming out every single month. It's like twelve albums that I had submitted every single month. They're going to drop, yeah. but it's just a collection of all different types of sounds. You know what I mean? Trap, rage. Um boom Bap, R and B, um, New Orleans bounce, you know what I mean? Um, New York drill, all that type of stuff. It's classic Jalil stuff. You know what I mean? It's just a collection of everything, you know what I mean? So
0: That's awesome, bro. I got I got I'm gonna end it with this as far before we go into the entrepreneurial stuff. You have the most iconic tag of all time. I don't care what anyone says, yeah. I don't care. That's a fact. <laughs> they, Tell us yeah, I, I think honestly It makes me so salty when it's not on, like when I find out, oh, it's you, but it's not on there. It's like, bro, it needs to be on every single one. I don't care if the per like, I don't care. (laughs) Take us through that. Yeah, it wasn't on Bubbling because
1: I didn't get a chance to put it on there. And I actually thought it was on Mm -hmm. there. So what happened was he had been had the stems, but it was a year later. So I didn't even know if it was or was not on there. Same thing with Amen with Drake and me. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that I didn't put the tag on there and burn. So, you know, I forgot. You know what I mean? So when they did the mix, I forgot to send in the tag. So it was all my fault. It's not like they take them off. Like, I'll forget when when I send in the stems. It actually happened on the I'm a Boss record, too, on the Maybach uh, Music Volume 1 album, the Self-Made Volume 1 album. I forgot to send it in, so the one that plays on the radio has my tag, but the one on the album doesn't. Damn, because it was all my fault though. But um, yeah, I mean, when I was doing it, I only did it because people wasn't shouting me out on the local end. Mm. So how are people supposed to know who I am? Right. When you know when nobody's shouting me out, so I was like, you know, I'm gonna start make. I'm gonna put a tag on there. You know what I mean? And I felt like, you know, some people had it like, I know Nitty Beats had one and that kind of inspired me to do it. Well, I think when I did it, like the next generation kind of like, all right, I needed everybody had Mm tags. For sure. Everybody.
0: So let's transition a little bit into the entrepreneurial journey. Um, It seems like you're absolutely revitalizing Chester, giving back to your hometown. It seems like that means everything to you. Um, Does that, that sounds about as pretty accurate?
1: Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so um just um what we did was, you know, we started buying up mad properties downtown, um, where like, you know, everybody work at, you know what I mean? Downtown, every like the city halls there, you know, everybody's working there, you know what I mean? Um it was a ghost town before that, but I knew I seen the opportunity, you know what I mean, and just it was something else to do because like maybe like for like six years straight. I was like giving back. I would do like giveaway like turkeys. I would have like the craziest toy giveaways. You know what I mean? I'm coming out of my pocket. No sponsorships or right. nothing like that. Summertime giving away fans to the community, um, coat, giving away coat, coat drives, back to school supplies. You think of it, we was doing that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Me and my foundation. So, you know, I was just like, yo, how can I take this to the next level for my city? You know what I mean? And, you know, I was just like, all right, well, look, let me try to create, you know, jobs for the city. Let me try to do things to create jobs, you know what I mean? And also have an opportunity to invest my music money, you know what I mean, into something that that's long term. So, you know, we ended up buying, you know, at first we bought, um, this was a store, it was a convenience store called McCrory's. You know what I mean? And it was when I found out that back in the day, blacks couldn't go in there to shop. Mm -hmm. I bought it, cash. I bought the building. You know what I mean? I said, no, we buying this joint. And, you know, we ended up... And Meek Mill had a deal with Mark Echo, but he also had a deal with uh, DTL... No, the villa, Sneaker Villa, Mm -hmm. to sell his stuff, his Dream Chaser clothing line. So they ended up approaching me about, you know, doing a Jalo Beats highlight at me clothing line, you know Aye. what I mean? And we'll put it alongside Meeks. So I'm like, hell yeah, I'm with it. So, you know, short story shorter, we ended up not doing it um, because, you know, I had brought one of my homies in. And he wanted to kind of do like an independent thing. But I kept my relationships with those guys. Mm. So at first I was going to make it like a, the build when I bought the building, I was going to like create a lounge or something like that. You know, just to bring people there to see what my vision is. You know what I mean? But you know, I was like, you know, I don't think it's it's ready. You know, the city is not ready for a lounge downtown. So we ended up reaching out to a Sneaker Villa, and I knew some guys there. And you know, I was like, you know, I got this property. You know, we could probably, you know, I'm I'm the I'll be the landlord. We can probably do, you know, a sneaker store there. Y'all would like to come into like the hoods and put y'all stores in there. So, you know, I got, you know, you know, I got an opportunity. Not only did they like the idea, they were like, yo, well, why don't you do your own signature store there? You know what I mean? So that's how it became the Jalo Beats uh, Sneaker Villa at first. But then they ended up selling the company to DTLR, mm-hmm. a downtown locker room. And then it became a Jalo Beats DTLR. And that was like the big kickoff. But then we had like a diner down there. Um. Um. my wife had a uh, boutique there that was doing, like, really good. That was crazy, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And then we had a restaurant and a couple other things there, you know what I mean, at the start. But then I started to, like, just get into, like, the residential stuff. And then we ended up putting luxury apartments over top of everything, you know what I mean? And then that's what that kicked everything off. And then that's what kind of, like, brought, everybody else down there now everybody else is just opening up their own businesses down there and it's booming. So that was the, the kickoff for sure.
0: Do you, is that business side of you, is that something that you always had that mindset or do you think it's something that you learned later? You're like, all right, I want to reinvest my money, help out. How, how did that go?
1: Yeah, I definitely learned later. You know what I mean? Um, it was really like you know i got the opportunity but now we might be onto some something big because like just the support i was getting from the, from my city from the mayor and you know state rep and so many other people you know what i mean it was a lot easier because they knew the opportunity we all knew the opportunity was a bit was bigger than you know Just opening up a store, you know what I mean? It was really um, a storyline behind it, you know what I mean? Because the city has been a desert for so long. So, you know, we all wanted this to work out the right way. So, you know, when you're doing stuff like that, you learn as you go. It's just like music. When I signed my deal, I had to learn about publishing. I had to learn about mechanical royalties and things like that, you know what I mean? And back end and front ends and, you know, clearances and things like that. So, you know, same thing with business. I had to learn about, you know, how to get, you know, certain um, permits and things like that to do construction and stuff like that. And then you had to learn about, I had to learn about my partnership. I had a partner, I have the partnership with, I had an equity partnership. I got an equity equity partnership with DTLR and I'm the owner of the building. So I'm a landlord. So I get paid twice. You know what I'm saying?
0: That's epic, bro. That's good shit as an entrepreneur myself bro hearing that is that's so inspiring like that's a dream you know what i mean that's a dream mm-hmm. for sure yeah
1: for sure you know, definitely even
0: forbes recognized you and wrote an article you know that's yeah. that's yeah. come on bro come on that's amazing
1: it was a, it's a big definitely um, a blessing for sure
0: absolutely man all right well hey i appreciate you opening up sharing your story I hope our listeners love this because I'm, you know, this, this means everything. You know, I remember back when I was playing baseball my first year, I was at East Stroudsburg and I was walking up to where they do that. And no one, you know what I mean? Like I was (laughs) literally off uh, Mr. Philadelphia. Like I'll, I'll never forget that. Like those early, those early songs and literally every single one we talked about. That's why this was surreal for me. You know, whether it's Indian bounce, you know, 40 on my hip, Rose Red, Hottison City, make them say, (laughs) bro, that those were staples of, of my life, you know what I mean. I can remember back to yeah. where I was at, you know what I mean. Whether it was a lot of it was baseball related at that time, but that was the shit that got me. I would hyped. tell you this:
1: that was that that era, like Mr. Philadelphia, like Flamers Four, um, Dream Chasers One. That was like the best times of my life, mm. man, because it was like you know we, we 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 knew we was going there, we was headed there, but we wasn't certain, like we didn't know for sure, you know what right. I mean. It's like now I've I've, I've I've accomplished like so much, and like it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Like I I always try to like I'm in a I'm in a place right now where I'm like trying to unleash that hunger again. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm trying to capture that type of hunger again because at that time I was just on another level. Like just as far as like just energy and just as far as just wanting to be something. You know what I mean I come from nothing at all, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like my mom we had to sit around, we had to lay around the kerosene heater cuz we didn't have any heat, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You know my mom had seven boys. So she did everything she could, you know what I mean? So I was I wanted that. It was it was it was a it just was it was something that I needed, you know what I mean? For my self-esteem. Like I I needed it bad, you know what I mean? So around that time just leading up to you know us getting our deal or like I'm a boss hitting like we was just hungry and we just you know we was just in that zone you know I wish we could recreate that again right. you know what I mean
0: That's amazing man well I appreciate you doing this I always end every episode with one last question if you can give PV Nation one piece of advice anything what would it be
1: Man be patient man be patient if you got if you got a talent we all got we all got a God-given talent, you know what I mean? It don't have to just be music. It could be anything, you know what I mean? Yours is fashion, you know what I'm saying? Um, you got to be patient. Nothing happens overnight. It's all—it's a process. Just like uh, MB said, trust the process, man. Mm. Patience will get you to that next level, you know what I mean? As long as you stay consistent and work hard, you know what I mean, just have the right attitude and patience, you're going to get there.
0: Hey man for sure thank you so much for joining the show bro your story is beyond inspiring you know everyone listening right now go check them out on ig at jalo beats j-a-h-l-i-l-b-e-a-t-s check them out go to youtube all these songs i'm referencing music ain't the same today you go back and you listen to this stuff come on like this you want to get jacked up you want to (laughs) get hype go check this out man but all love bro i mean i appreciate you taking the time for real Man, all love, man. Anything you need, man. I'm on
1: deck, man. And keep doing what you're doing, man. You out here moving and making a difference, man. As long as you keep doing what you're doing, man, sky's the limit, for real. I support you a thousand percent, bro, for sure.
0: Appreciate that, bro. Hey, PV Nation, I hope you enjoyed episode four with y'all Little Beats. I know I did, man. That was major. You know, anyone listening right now that wants to support the movement, go on over to thepositivevibemovement.com, use code podcast15 for a little 15% off. But, man, run this one back. Listen to this one twice. You know, have a great week, TV <laughs> Nation. Let's get it. I want it.